evening, everyone. Welcome to another Green and Gold Rugby Show. Remembering we're the show that's getting you over the game line on the hottest topics in Australian rugby. Whether you're listening to us on Eon Sports Radio or via our usual podcast feed, we're thrilled to have you. I'm Reg Roberts, and uh, joining me once again this week, or maybe not once again, uh, he missed last week uh, for reasons we may get into soon. Matt Rowley, how are you, Matt? I'm oh, good, mate. Yeah, I miss one show, and they call you a what? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> A show misser. <laughs> now, I, I do. We, we've got a special guest tonight, but we should touch on where you were. You were over in Perth, weren't you? We, we made the call out a couple of weeks ago that uh, if the force made the final, would get over there and, and podcast live from there. And you obviously, I assume you were over in Perth scouting us venues for our live podcast show, mate. I was, mate. I was making sure the sound quality was up to our normal um, so that, you know, you could hear Hugh's plates in the background um, and uh, your typing and uh, my... My crinkly headset. So yeah, it, it, you know, thumbs up and all of those. And um, yeah, the other thing I was obviously doing was buying some more four shares. Uh, yeah. Um, it wouldn't take a, a money transfer that large, so I had to take it in bullion. Well, good uh, stuff, Matt. Well, if, if I know you're on the North Shore of Sydney, so if you could just drop into the ARU sometime and just let them know where Perth is, that'd be fantastic. Look, we have another special guest on the show tonight. Hugh Cavill's turn to have a night off. Sick of these lazy buggers, you know, skipping away for weekends. But Hugh's away, but it gives us a fantastic opportunity. We call it an annual visit, but I think this might be his second in six months. So we're going to have to um, up his appearance fees here. Brett Mackay from The Force and general rugby media all over the place. How are you going, Brett? Hello, guys. I didn't realise the NRC was starting next weekend. <laughs> That's <laughs> not the only reason we bring you on the show, Brett. We love you inside and all things rugby. No, happy happy to be back, guys, even if it is deputising for you. Yeah, I know. Well, not many people could do it, but you're the first name to be, uh, well, that came well, from uh, the so Well, as alleged, alleged Hugh is uh, it's his mythical girlfriend's uh, birthday tonight. So um, happy birthday, mythical Hugh's girlfriend. Excellent. That's good. 18th, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we're going to get into our five burning questions uh, tonight. Same format as always. Uh, let's run through them quickly before we jump straight into them. So the first question will be, which was the best Aussie team performance of the weekend? Uh, question two, is the Aussie conference race now over, given those results on the weekend? Question three, do you think we uh, there will actually be a reduction of teams in Super Rugby next year? This is a lot inspired by one of your articles today, Brett, um, there actually hasn't been a lot of activity lately. So will there actually be a reduction of teams next year? Question four, we heard the Sydney Sevens is moving to Australia Day next year. Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? We might through, talk through some of the issues there. And finally, we're going to look at another Wallaby uh, position. Uh, for the Wallabies, we're going to look at who plays props. So number one and three, who wears those jerseys? But we're going to get straight into it. And let's go straight to our special guest. Brett, We interesting performance on the weekend. The... Uh, the Brumbies got up overseas, the, the Tars uh, did over the Rebels, and the Force, I don't think, will be considered here with a big loss over there in Perth. So, mate, what was your call of the best Aussie team performance of the weekend? Yeah, I think we can pretty well comfortably rule the line through the Force nice yes. and early and get that out of the way. Um, yeah. It's probably, it probably nearly needs to be a process of elimination. Um, the, the Rebels were really good for a, 19 minutes, and then that was sort of their their day done. The Waratahs were good, conversely, for about oh, 58 minutes, and there was three minutes in between where Angus Gardner just basically told Michael Hooper to get his team sorted out. <laughs> so, uh, and that sort of leaves the the Brumbies, and they absolutely dominated field position and territory against the Kings in Port Elizabeth, and um, you know they they. They missed a lot of opportunities, particularly in that second half, and they probably should have won it by more than they did. But I mean, I, I just think I, th- I think that 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 performance will just bodes well for them going forward. I think they take a lot of confidence with them now to to, to Buenos Aires this weekend, uh, and then they've got a pretty decent run home. So um, you know, if they sort of play themselves into a, into a bit of form, and I realise that forms are relative situation in the Australian Conference this year, um, you know, they might look back to that Port Elizabeth win as a, a bit of a turning point. 
Yeah, good point. And, and look, I like how you have so snugly fit into Hugh Cavill's shoes there by answering the, the next question uh, in advance there. But um, <laughs> it, it is appropriate there. But you know, that Brumbies win overseas, look, wins for Australian teams uh, against international teams have been rare at the best of times, let alone winning one away. And I guess well, that was, only, that was the only the second in the last 21, Reg. Sorry to jump in there. The force, the force broke a 19-game winning streak, a losing streak, I should say, Last week against the, the Jaguars and, yeah. and the and the uh, and the Brumbies makes it now well two on the trot. Uh, two in a week. Yeah, two in a week. Yeah, it's a, it's exactly a, right. a dynasty, I think. Mm. Well, you know, you'll take we take what we can at this point. Yeah, so it, it is an interesting one, though. I guess at the start of the season, um, but particularly at the beginning of the season, you, you would have suggested a, a Brumbies win over the Kings, albeit in South Africa. You, you would have expected that, but as the sort of the recent weeks have gone on, the Kings have been in, in, in pretty decent form and the Brumbies somewhat mixed. It was never there. It was never given in for them. So a, a good performance. And I liked the, I liked the look of, you know, if we've got to call a few players out, um, Tom Banks at fullbacks, mm. you know, Really starting to, I mean, starting to really making his, you know, the the, the position he's um, considering he, uh, you know, his real lack of experience at this level. Couple of game for the Reds last year, but uh, has been uh, really good for the for the Brumbies and their limited opportunities. And and Alalatoa, I think, continues on his form. Kurandrani, I thought, was fantastic as well. So you know, some good key performances there for the Brumbies um, uh, at, at a critical time. Um, Matt, what about you? Waratah performance, what was your, your read on that and how that sort of fitted into the, the, the season's complexities? Oh, Reg, I'm shocked. As, as if you thought that was the only match I watched on the weekend was the, was the Waratah. Uh, you might be you, right. You, you, you watched it twice, didn't you, Matt? <laughs> exactly. No, look, I, 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 um, I did miss the Brumbies match. Um, so, yeah, I didn't get up for that 3.30 um, viewing. And But, I mean, I was just looking at the stats here, and they are mind-blowing. So 65% possession and 70, 69% um, territory. And then they basically, you know, had twice as many carries – Ran twice as many meters, but when you get to defenders beaten, um, you know the Kings beat eleven, the Brumbies beat twelve, mm. but both had the same number of um, clean breaks, and actually the Kings had more offloads. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a bit, that's a bit of a worry, and, and also the Brumbies, considering they had half as many tackles to make, actually missed the same number of tackles. Yeah, so yeah, pretty significant that one. If you kind of go through that, um, it kind of yeah, it's, that's that worry. I mean, what was that stat that was going about how many minutes the Brumbies had gone without scoring a try? Um, oh, oh, 210 or 217 or something like that. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of looks, I don't know, it looks just a little bit possession in territory. God, you'd hope they'd score three tries um, and kind of make that back. But again, still wasn't, they weren't exactly ripping it up by the look. So anyway, without even seeing the match, it kind of just looking at those numbers gives you some question marks over you know, conversion of, of territory um, possession, which kind of sounds like it mirrors a little bit of what what, what you saw there, Brett. Um, sorry, Matt, 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 Matt it's, a, it's a similar thing to how they played um, against the Lions the week before um, down, down here in Canberra. They spent long periods of time in the Lions' half, and I think I worked out that 20 minutes of the – just over 20 minutes of the game was played in the Lions' 22 – Yet the Brumbies didn't really play a lot of that period, you know, within arm's reach of the try line. If that makes yeah. sense, they were they were there, but they weren't there. If that if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, it's one thing to hold onto the ball and 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 to dominate all the field position, but you're absolutely spot on. There was just there was a real lack of opportunity. Basically, they they took advantage of a couple of you know a couple of little situations here and there, and and Tavita Kurudrai. I thought it was really strong. But yeah, there's. I'm. I'm really starting to wonder about um, about future plans with Faranui Hardaway at, uh, at, at number yeah. ten. I'm just. I'm just really not. He's a really nice, really nice young young guy to talk to, and, he, and he's a, he's a he's quite a good goal kicker. I'll, I'll absolutely give him that. But I just don't think they're getting a lot from him at um, at number ten. Yeah. Well, and then there was a great tweet from um, my old man. Uh, he used to be called Horrible Punt. I'm trying to remember his real name now. Um, on Twitter, which was just naming, what was it the four Aussie tens or the yes. four tens that were playing for Aussie? Yes, tens on the I did see that. So you had, you know, Michael 
Foley, okay, uh, Bernard Foley, sorry. Um, and then you had well, Harrower for the for the Brumbies. Yep. Jackson uh, Garden had, Bashup for the Rebels. Yeah, Peter and for the Force. Yeah, mm. so mm, knowing that we don't exactly have um, a thick crop of number 10s lying around, that's a real worry, especially when I look at – I think actually Peter Grant does a job for the – uh, for the force and like you know his positional kicking is pretty damn good and he hasn't been poor uh, with the ball in hand generally speaking but the other two um, I'd, like I'd the, argue Matt because he doesn't keep it in hand that long enough no yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that could be true it's on he's the, the a, he's a, yeah well yeah yeah um, but uh, but the other two I mean you know I don't know you know I'm not really seeing the inside there right so it's not like you've got some marquee player that's guiding those two teams around. We seem to be having young experimental foreign players um, in those two roles, and I'd be blowed if I can see where that's getting Australian rugby. That's a real head scratcher um, in, in, in those two positions. Anyway, going to the other, um, yeah, I did watch. I also I did tweet out that I was looking forward to seeing the Force play um, after their awesome showing against the the Hags uh, the week before. But wow, that was a real shocker, wasn't it? Probably it was. The, the less could have, said the better. Could have, could have been, could have been worse, Matt. You could have been the only person in a public four-person four panel who tipped them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you? Yeah, you tipped them. Oh gosh. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Brave man. Yeah, like um, seventeen minutes, I think it was, before I started regretting it. I was going to say, yeah, there's a little while to be happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, look, and then I watch the Tars. So this is like, this is this, the same worry. So while you watch the Brumbies and you go, my God, this is our national attack coach. And, you know, we're, we're not breaking the line. We're not, you know, we're not making people miss. We seem to be going through the numbers. Um, you know, you watch the Waratahs. My God, their defense. What is the go there? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it, it's not even drift. It's kind of retreat defense. Um, Talk about seeding um, yards, and you know it's not like you know. Um, I must admit, I think the rebels, um, you know, don't have a bad attack at times. But you know, you look at who's in that who's in that team, and it's not like it's littered with international players or through the backs, you know. And just it's just going. It just out the Waratahs' defence just goes backwards, and it's porous and susceptible to offloads, and everything's behind the gain line. It's just you know. They are going to get absolutely shredded in New Zealand on this tour, I think. They, you know, there's going to be points racked up everywhere. And on top of that, as we keep talking about, and the defence coach is the guy who's coaching the Wallabies. And so I look at those two things, I'm just like, oh, my Lord. You know, it's um, it's a real worry. I mean, the Waratahs, they made up with it for it, I guess, eventually in attack. Um, there were some, you know, pretty, some nice, pretty tr- tries. Um, they, they're using the ball in hand quite well. Um, it was good to see Izzy finally get over the try line a couple of times. So that hopefully bodes well for Australia. Um, Bernard Foley is, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, pick of the crop in Australian tens. Uh, Hooper, um, I thought was playing really well as centre again. <laughs> um, you know, he- <laughs> just, just on, just on that matter, I had to laugh. There was a Fox Sports lab tweet today. It had the, 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 the top performers from round 13 and they'd picked out uh, Vince Arso from the Hurricanes and Michael Hooper and their run meters and offloads and clean breaks were very, very similar. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? It's pretty much how we're using him. Um, yeah. So yeah, there was all of that. And then, but the other bit you've got to talk about in the, in the TARS performance was um, just that that penalty bizarre, you know, disaster they had for the first 20 minutes was just um, unbelievable. It, it seems to me the bit that I came out with that was it looks like they're trying to play with the same attitude that they had under Checker, you know, which we also saw creep, you know, obviously went into the, the Wallabies as well, but just without the ability to back it up, um, you know, and that was always a fine line with the Tars even when Checker was there and that the, the ability definitely isn't there now. So, you know, to be giving away those sorts of penalties, uh, I really don't get the mindset in that either. And I would suspect Nathan Gray is kind of responsible for that area as well. So, uh, you know, big. So, anyway, even though they, they clocked up 50, um, I would go with your, you know, and even with the questions I got around those stats with the Brumbies, um, and I, you know, I haven't seen the game, but I could well go with that being a better win away on the road. Kings aren't a bad team. Um, I, I don't think you could really give it to the Tars. Yeah, I think you're right. That three late tries when the or was it three or four late tries when the um, 
the Rebels really capitulated, sort of blew that out as well uh, for mm-hmm. the Tars there. Look, a, a couple of points we'll make. And, and you know, isn't it good at least we can we can talk about two Aussie wins this weekend, albeit <laughs> one's over another Aussie team. But uh, Bernard Foley, Matt, you mentioned him. Most important guy in Australian rugby at the moment. You know, I think when you look at depth oh, yeah. behind him, even have a good hooper, is it? You know, I'd I'd back us to cover him with with the likes of McMahon and even Chris Alcott and Matty Hodgson. But gosh, if Foley goes down, it's it's a big concern for the Wallabies. He's been fantastic. Yeah, it has indeed. And, and so, what was your call over the weekend, mate? What did you think? Yeah, Brumbies for mine, mate. I I just think at, at this time. It, such a critical win. Uh, you know, credit for the Tars for doing what they needed. Bonus point win, you know, really important. But a, a way win for the Brumbies, uh, just so critical and, and really does set them up, uh, for that, for the rest of the, rest of the sort of conference race, which we'll get to in a second. I just thought that was really impressive and, and those big guys stepping up as needed, um, uh, are more important. And, you know, you're right, the control and, 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 the limited attack, but um, again, they were in control, and that's pretty critical of some of the years. Let's move on to burning question number two. It's that question about the Aussie conference now. So the Brumbies have won the Rebel, uh, the Waratahs, but with that Aussie conference, Matt, is it? Is it a, a, you know, a done deal now? Do you think the, the Brumbies will sell at home? So they're on, what are they, on two points? So all Aussie teams are on 11 wins, 11 games now. So the Brumbies sit number one on 23, Waratahs second on 19, Reds are 16, Force are 13, and the, the Rebels are eight. Do you, do you feel confident saying that it'll go to the, to the Brumbies now to, to win the conference? Yeah, I, I would have thought so, mate. Just, um, I'm trying to decipher the, the symbols uh, here on the teams who, who they've got on the wrong. I've got this right. So yeah. um, the Brumbies, obviously, they've got the Hags up next, which is away. Um, yep. But then they've got the Rebs at home. So, geez, yep. you'd, hope, you'd hope that's in the bag. Then they've got the Sunwolves. Um, no, no, that's away. Is it? That's, oh. that's a red away. They've got a red. They've got the Reds away. Oh, they've got the Reds. Okay, so, you know, that's a, you, I don't know, that's a 50-50. They should have that one. And then the yep. Chiefs. So, you know, you'd say that they've got, um, uh, you know, and I reckon, you know, with what we saw the force do against the Hags, the Brumbies have got to be um, maybe a 50-50 there. So, you know, they've probably got maybe two wins there up their sleeve, yep. two wins there, and then they've already got, like, a basically a, the, enough points for a wins on top of the Tars. Tars, meanwhile, what have we got? The Highlanders away. Yep. Lost. Chiefs away. Chiefs away. Chiefs lost. Away. Um, Hags at home, chance. Yeah. Uh, and then is it force? Force, force away, which is yeah. match of the season. I don't care what anyone else says. You know, <laughs> yeah. Crusaders, Hurricanes, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Waratahs versus Force over in Perth. So look, I think we're maybe we're maybe looking at two wins there at the at the, at the tops yeah. then. Um, so and then with the yeah, so it really looks like the Brumbies should be a pretty much a win ahead. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. So um, allow me, we, there's no Reds game this week, so we'll just stretch it a little bit further and, and look at where the Reds stand. And, and they've, so they've got the force at home this week and, um, you know, a lot of big statements coming out of the Reds about the must-win attitude, the, you know, the must-win, not taking them lightly uh, approach to this game. But they need to win and they need to get a bonus point because next week they take on the Blues away, but it's in, in, in Samoa, this one. So yeah, it's in interesting dynamic. Yeah, interesting dynamic, that one, particularly because I think it's a couple of days, or maybe not a couple, four days before the Blues take on the Lions um, on the, it must be the, almost the second match of the British and Irish Lions. Isn't that incredible? We're, God, we're so close to that Lions, so fantastic. Mm. But, you know, I wonder what that so Blues that's a, approach That's, to, a, that's to, a home game for the Blues then, mate. That's, yeah, it, that's it more, is. That's, that's more home than Auckland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're not. They haven't got any hotel bookings. They're just staying with mum and dad. <laughs> it's a billet system. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brumbies at home and Highlanders away. So, I mean, I reckon we could sneak at a push three wins there and obviously uh, finish mm-hmm. So, But not, uh, that's still, regardless, I don't think it's enough to, to get us uh, over the Brumbies, unfortunately, that the buy this weekend didn't help. And, and the force, you know, I actually wrote an article a little while ago that the force, you know, I said they could win against the Jaguars and that would set them up on the way home, but the... The, the way they capitulated to the Highlanders was too significant and that really yeah. needed to turn it around big time to beat the Reds this weekend. And, and, well, and here's the thing about, about that, 
Reg, if they, yeah. if, 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 and it's a, it's a big if, I, I will say that. Yep. If they can manage to turn it around against the Force, uh, sorry, against the Reds in Brisbane, yep. they finish with three home games. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you just, I mean, one of them's the Hurricanes, don't get me wrong, but, yep. but, you, I mean, you just, you just never know. But I, yep. I, I, th- I think you're right, and realistically, I think, I think the Australian Conference will be sorted before the June tests. Yeah, I, I think I think it'll be sorted in the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I think you're just, probably right. Just, isn't just it? looking at that, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, I, I think fifty fifty is probably a good call for the for the Brumbies in Buenos Aires, and then you'd you'd expect them to do it to do a number on the on the Rebels back the in Rebels. Canberra after that. Um, Highlanders cheaters looks too much for the Waratahs, um, and you know, and that's what it's going to come down to. Um, as it is, the Brumbies have got. What is it? They've got seven bonus points, so you know they're effectively a win in front, um, and they're picking up bonus points in in. They've got the most losing bonus points by a long way, which is. Oh, do they really? That's know, an interesting state. Yeah, yeah, so they've they've got they've got six, and the next closest is I think is the Sharks and the Blues on three. So, so the Brumbies have lost seven, and six of them have been by less than seven points. So, um, you know, I think it, I think it means they've taken points out of well, they played eleven. I think they've taken points out of nine games, or maybe even ten. So it's it's. It's, that's something, and that's basically what's kept them kept them on top. Because even their for and against isn't great. Um, you know, they've scored. Their defence has been good, but they're not scoring a lot of tries. Their try mm. scoring would be down in the bottom four or five, I think. Looking at that. Yeah, right. They've been they've been all those close losses, Matt. They've been doing a force this year, getting those sort of. I was going to say that's usually the forces territory. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff. All right, so there we have it. We think the Brumbies will hold it over, but, you know, this weekend, still still, still a few variables that uh, could play out this weekend, but uh, if things go how we anticipate, we might have a look at that later. Uh, you'd think the Brumbies have pretty much nailed it, uh, and probably deservedly. Still scarily, considering what, the, what will happen in the finals, but probably deservedly they've been the best <laughs> Australian team this year. Or maybe they've um, been hiding their attacking prowess, mate. They've been keeping yeah. their powder dry. Yeah, you wait to that first quarter final versus the what Chiefs or Hurricanes or something. Blow them out of the water. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite quite the home advantage, isn't it? Playing the Hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the big crowd they'll get in Canberra. They'll no, yeah. We could only go so far. Um, look, we're going to move on to that next burning question. And look, we've spoke a lot about um, you know, the future of Super Rugby and what model it will take, but. The further it goes on, and, and Brett, you wrote an article article about it this week, and there was a great line in it, and I'm just pulling it up, where you say, you know, in the next, you know, so how long has it been since they made the 48 to 72 hour? They, uh, they, they're now, in, I think I wrote, they're now entering a seventh week since I was going to make a decision in 48 to 72 hours. That's brilliant. Yeah. And horrifying in the same moment. So <laughs> the question is, do you think... You know, we'll actually there'll actually be a reduction in teams in Super Rugby next year. Let's Brett, you know, run us through what you sort of said today. Cause yeah, it's, it's getting too close, isn't it? Yeah, well, look, it, it's and that was, that was my whole point. I, I, I said it's actually the background of this is that, is that I actually ran into Laurie Fisher on Saturday afternoon. I called oh, a club right. game down here and ran into Laurie Fisher and, and just quickly said good day to him and um, you know see what the, see what the plans are. And he and he basically said. Well, I'd like to be able to make a plan if I could, mm. and 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 he, he was basically saying that you know until a decision's been made, he can't even make a plan, make his next plan if he wants to. Uh, certainly not in Australia at the very least. So, and that just sort of got me thinking over the weekend that, that you know how 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 much further along can we get before you know obviously things like making draws is 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 going to be a relatively dynamic thing, and and that's mm. done by. A uh, company in Canada, I think, from memory, they've been using the same mob for the last ten or twelve years. So you can imagine that 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 those guys are already working on, you know, fifteen, maybe even sixteen, eighteen team models. That sort of thing is probably going on. But we have to be getting close to the point where, you know, things like the bulk hotel and flight and travel plan bookings and things like that need to be pre-booked, and stadiums need to be booked, and 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 teams need to be advised of. Of their forward schedule, so they can start putting together sponsorship and membership packages, and and all that sort of stuff has to start getting underway soon. So 
the the 2017 draw was released about the 20th of September plus or minus a couple of days and I yep. I just reckon sort of working back from that we've got to be getting to the point where Sanzo just say all right if we haven't dropped teams then we know that means status quo is the fallback decision because that's happened on numerous different things that Sanzo's talked about changing and then never got around to changing because they couldn't agree to anything I just wonder if we're getting close to that deadline and, and that was sort of the point of today to say you know when is that deadline um, mm. a few a few um, a few Kiwi comment commenters said put, referred me to something Steve Chu said last week and it was covered over in the New Zealand media which I have to admit I didn't see until until today that that he sort of said that um, you know September is 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 sort of the la- the latest point where they can be doing things like that but I don't think it, it is. It is that long. I'm, I'm quite no. sure. I'm quite sure memberships and things like that were on sale well before September last year. So I, I, I don't. I don't think that that, that Sanzar can wait that long. And and then in saying all that, you know, if 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 Australia and South Africa walk into the next meeting in June and say that we've still got you know five and six teams respectively expecting to play Super Rugby next year, then what happens? And it's mm. not like Sanzar as a collective body can tell half of themselves what to do because that's obviously yeah. not happening and I, I just I, I just wonder my in all this I've said of my preference has been I don't believe we should be cutting teams I, I don't subscribe to this theory that you can strengthen by contraction I, I don't I, I don't believe that at all but and I don't write this in the hope that this is what the ARU is playing at but I just think we're getting to the point where you know where that that, that might be the outcome so Matt, what's your feeling? I mean, how far can we go without making a decision? I mean, from a tournament perspective, and, you know, there's all sorts of logistics even around, God, I, you know, you think of Suncorp Stadium that's used by three codes and and concerts and all these factors at the Commonwealth yeah. Games next year, which is a factor from, from a scheduling perspective as well. Just the logistics around getting access to these places, bookings is going to have to be made. It's, it's getting late in the piece. I mean, it's not yet, but it's pretty close to getting late in the piece. So let's say they, I mean, let's say they go ahead and do it, uh, and that the ARU finally make a call. And then let's say that goes to court. How mm. long might that take? Yeah. Mm. Well, 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 and that's, and that's a great point, Matt. Even if they, even if Australia and South Africa tomorrow said, all right, we're down to four teams each. Great. We know that there'll be legal action coming from Victoria or Western Australia either way. Um, the, che- the cheaters in South Africa have already talked about about legal action if they're punted as well. Um, who knows what the South African government might do if the kings are outed? Um, you're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, that's that 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 puts things back even further. Yeah. So how do you? Yeah. So anyway. Um, all of this is saying to me that yeah, I mean, and the fact that you know apparently seventy-two hours means seven weeks um, <laughs> is that I think we've got pretty much no chance of not having eighteen teams next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be my guess. I could be completely wrong, but um, yeah, I just because then and then what? Like you say, there, Brett is like you know, what's the guarantee that they can the South Africans can actually get rid of both teams? Um, oh. Geez, what a mess! And then, con, oh. con, converse, conversely, Matt, if if South Africa walk into the meeting in June, they say, "All right, we're done. The cheaters mm. and kings have, 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 have they've they're not happy, but they've accepted that this is what's got to happen for the greater good." Mm. And Bill Pulver yep. walks in and says, um, "Yeah, funny story. Um, we've still got five teams. <laughs> South Africa going to go. All right, deals off. Cheaters, yeah. kings, you back in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then they're not going to they're not going to give that up. And and then from the from the local perspective." The no, the not the non Wallaby players can't be contracted at the moment. So yeah. we, we're getting to the deadline where these guys are going to say, "I don't want to leave Perth. I don't want to leave Melbourne. You know, I don't want to leave the, any of the other three teams for the for the guys on the fringe." But I've got this offer for a season in France or Italy or Japan or you know wherever. I'm going to have to take it. And so, you know, is is it just the non? Is, is it just the guys requiring Wallaby top ups that can't be contracted? Because I having my, the my understanding. My understanding is that is that is, is, is that the, the, the ban the, the the contracting ban or, or suspension is on non what non ARU contracted players. Oh right. So, yeah, exactly. so, so looking at yeah. the, no, the rebels so far on, on our forum today, someone posted who they thought was contracted for next gen beyond, and it's only fifteen players. So they've got to recruit another you know fifteen plus 20, academy type yeah. players for next year in the next couple of months. 
And we already know they've used 37 or 38 this year. Yeah, yeah, I think the figure's 38. It's incredible. I mean, there are some big implications. This decision's got to be made one one way or the other pretty damn quick. And, and during, during that uh, during that force game on um, on Saturday night, there was a shot of the of the the bench. injury bench. Yeah, and it was Hodgson, Tessman, Hale, Petty, Lance, Brachy, Cottrell, yeah. and you know, uh, I think Ben McCallum might have been there somewhere as well. And so, the team that was on the field were basically. But none of, none of those guys, with the possible exception of Tatafu Pilotta now, mm. could sign a new contract even if they wanted to. Mm. So, so yeah, what do, what do they do? What what does a what does an Alex Newsom do, or what does a um, you know, Richard Hardwick do if 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 an offer comes up, you know, anywhere basically? Mm. But mate, you, and you're talking about those benches. Um, it struck me too when I saw that. I thought, oh god, yeah, I forgot about people like Ang- Angus Cottrell, you know, and the, and the impact mm. he was making. Um, same thing for the Rebels, right? So they've had an yeah. absolute. Is this is this like just complete accident or happenstance that these two teams hovering for the axe? Uh, actually, you know, I was going to say performing poorly, but I guess the Force haven't been doing too badly. Both happen to have these absolutely horrific benches where the benches stacked full of you know. Uh, premium players. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting one. Scratch your head. Um, well, the, the big numbers going through, and, and you know, Matty. Oh, I guess Morgan Turanui did it. Was it last week? And Matty Hodgson's come out just today on, on Tuesday, sort of really making a case for the the mental state of some of the players involved yeah. and uncertainty of, of of their futures and so on. And you know, does that have a factor in their physical ability to to turn up and keep training and 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 do the work that needs to be done? You know, it's a big hypothetical, but you know, what, what sort of role does that play in this as well? I, it's a, I reckon. I reckon we saw a good indication of that on Saturday night, Reg. You know, when, the, when they found them when they found themselves down, those those young force guys, they they didn't know what to do. Yeah, definitely. But look, so can I move it to question three point five? Which is the bonus question, which is I saw the, f- the first call for it, I think, well, it might not be the first call, but maybe it was the first one I really noticed, was that Paul Cully uh, last week did the old, it's time for Pulver to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was an interesting one, and it basically said whichever way you cut it, um, the, the fact that the way that this thing's been managed is just indefensible. Um, and, you know, how does this, you know, how does anyone who's kind of managed to get the whole thing to this point keep going? Um, is that, a, you know, so my question 3.5 is, is that premature or is, do we, do we know what we need to know? And we've, it's time for a new CEO. And I'll, I'll put that one to you, Rich. Oh, uh, mate, I think, I, I think, I think he has. I mean, you know, I think the old, coach analogy of they've lost the change room that, you know, was the falling point from many coaches, but probably most recently someone like Richard Graham, you know, they've lost the change room, they've lost the players. I think I think Bill Pulver's lost lost Australian rugby. You know, if you believe the people and I, you know, I guess I get out there a bit of grass for it and Brett's probably the same and there's just no no level of comfort or, or um you know, assurance that people believe in the ARU and what they're doing. It, it, it is just um, diabolical. And, you know, I guess much comes out of the outcome of this. What, you know, who knows what might be being negotiated behind closed doors. We might, it might be, you know, tickety-boo and, and things are all going to come across. But one way or the other, there's going to be tremendous damage to an organisation or probably two organisations, either the cut team, the Super Rugby, or just the ARU themselves. Um, and... Pulver's front of centre that, and he, he's got to go. I think his contract's up for renewal this year anyway, um, but uh, I, I can't see any way that he survives this by any means. Yeah, right. I, it's sort of yeah, we're sort of in a. It's sort of reminiscent of of the end of the end of Robbie Dean's time, and and I'm not a huge fan of second coaches for the sake of it. No. But I remember feeling at the time during that Lions series, and I just sort of thought, if there's going to be a change, it might as well be now. Um, and you know, I, I, th- I think on the whole, and this and this and this might go down well. But I think on the whole, Pulver's actually done a reasonable job. You know, everything that he set out to do when he first took on the job, you know, which was largely cut costs and streamline the the, uh, the mm. enterprise. He's done all that. He's set up the NRCs. Um, the, the 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 sevens program is now fully professional, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's becoming self sustaining. You know, the women's sevens competition will kick off next year. 
I, I think he's ticked most boxes and probably a few bonus boxes as well. But right at this point in time, if he if he can't deliver on what he's agreed to at the at the Sanzar table, then his positions are, his position at the Sanzar table is untenable. And if he can't lead the game locally, then his position's untenable here. And so he's almost in a lose-lose situation. Um, and I say that, you know, as I say, without, you know, I've, I, I really don't have too much trouble with what he's done. And, and he's, he's certainly always been very accessible, um, and, and, and very welcoming whenever I've run into him. I've, 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 as a person, he's a, he's a, he's a wonderful guy, but I do wonder if it's, if it's time. Yeah, look, I, I think you're right there, and I think I have trying to, like like sort of analogy. I guess I can think of is if that you've ever had the, um, you know, the, the, the well, I was going to say misfortune or dubious pleasure of you know at, at work, you know, needing to make a decision about you know uh, redundancies, for example. Um, and I think that's where we are here, right? It's pretty much you're saying, mm. you know, mm. we're saying one or, one of these teams is uh, redundant. Um, there's no point in that hovering. You know, mm, yeah. you, you don't start having conversations with people and start to say, hey, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure, but uh, you might be made, being made redundant in a few weeks' time. I mean, you know, what does that tell that person? Um, yeah. You know, what are you expecting to happen, you know, off the back of that? And what does that say to everyone else about your leadership? It's the, the worst thing that can happen. And so, you know, really what needed to happen in that 48 to 72 hours, once they said that was happening, they had, to, you know, they had to make the call, mm. and then, and if legal was going to kick off, fine. But do you know what I think actually would have would have happened? Whichever one of those two teams that that had called and made, what's the upside? Mm. You know, um, mm. yeah. it, it really, you know, you, you're in, getting into a drawn out legal battle. You know, throwing money down a, a, a route. I mean, if it was the force, I'm not really sure where that money's coming from because the AOU own you, so you just kind of mm. go, guys, it's game over. So I'm not really sure who's funding any sort of action in that case. Um, for the Rebs, the guy just would have gone, you know, well, they don't really, it, it was the force, wasn't it? So, you know, mm. it, it, it was never going to be the Rebels. So, you know, now where we're in this absolutely, I mean, yeah, cockamamie situation. So that was that, was that turning point. Um, you, you're probably right, Brett. I think you probably got a, probably could have skated through just yeah. about everything else. But that was, you know, push came to shove, you, you know, you, you just had to make the call and you had to go for it mm. and you had to cop whatever it was going to be. And, you know, for all the faults of previous CEOs, for example, mm. could, you, could you imagine O'Neill not making that call? Yeah. Not, yeah. You know, I, I know he'd come publicly and say we shouldn't lose one, la, la, la. But if he'd mm. been in a situation where it was his, you know, it just you just make the call and you, you cop the flack and you deal with it and there's a few legal bills, but you move yeah. on. They're lucky he did with the ARC when he cut that. But... um yeah, I mean, they've allowed it to go too long, which has built campaigns and momentum between these other sides and just made the whole thing worse and worse. And, and, the, and, the, the, and the, onga- the ongoing the ongoing silence, Reg, yeah. has, has allowed those momentums to exactly. – uh, those, those, those campaigns and the momentum to build up as well. And the, 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 less, the less we hear from HQ, the more we have to make up and speculate and investigate yep. and, and, you know, yep. whisper ourselves. And, um, and none of that helps. Interesting, I saw a, um, an article, in, again, Greg or Paul – in the New Zealand Herald uh, last week or the week before, just sort of said They're that. Having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they are, and that's that's a little bit distasteful, I've got to say. But but he actually said the way this is going, we'll end up with eighteen teams next year. Mm. It's it's, it's a, there's nothing surer. Yep, yep, I think it's yeah. right. Um, look, lads, let's get away from Super Rugby uh, unless we've got a three point five A there, Matt. But uh, <laughs> question four. I was only is... trying to delay the seventh question. <laughs> <laughs> and poor Hugh sitting at home, you know. Uh, Six you know, questions. Is, you know, a sevens question, and he and he doesn't get to be involved with it, let alone the city sevens. So city sevens is moving to Australia Day, so it'll be a three day, three day uh, event next year. Incorporated the women fully on the on the um, on the main field. Uh, I guess the similar question is a good thing or bad thing. Uh, yeah, it should be pretty positive about it. Brett, we'll go to you, but you know. Tennis conflict with the Australian Open, the heat, it's even hotter than this year. Is there, you know, does that all get overcome by the fact it's now uh, on our nation's weekend of celebration? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think the tennis will be a big conflict, if I'm honest. I, I think if there's going to be a conflict, it might be with one day cricket, which obviously wouldn't be in Sydney, but, um, you know, it would be yeah. an, Ashes, an Ashes series. Yeah, a big bash league, maybe. I think that's where the conflict might come, but, um, if, if the AAU was smart, they would try and work out 
you know, if there is going to be big bash games in Sydney out of the Homebush, for example, over that weekend, and they'd, they'd ambush market out there. They'd hand mm. out leaflets. Mm. Um, I think I think there's opportunities. The the timing of it is interesting, and, and you can never control the weather. And that was the biggest. I, 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 I still it still scratches my scratches my head when people say, "Oh, you know, the the biggest failing of the Brisbane Tens was that it was too hot." Well, yeah, exactly. How, yeah. how on earth do you control that? It's just like it's just a it's such a straw man argue, argument that it um, you know that, that I don't get it. So, look, potentially it could be very hot. There's no doubt about that. But you know, it might be all right too. And I think I think February is sort of traditionally the the warmest part of the year in sort of eastern Australia now. So, mm. um, you know, it, it could be good. It's on a long weekend. That can only work well for it. Um, and, you know, why, why not? If it, if it gets the, the, the women's series on the on the main stage and not out on one of the training tracks, then, then you know, play it any time of year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Matt, you went to the last one. Um, long weekend makes sense, doesn't it? Australia weekend, they really amped that up big time. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a good idea. Um in February, I mean, it has been stinking hot the last two times. I mean, you know, to the point where you don't want to be there. Um, yeah. And, uh, at, you know, especially through that mid part of the day, most of that, there's not a lot of cover actually in that stadium. So, um, yeah, whatever you can do. I mean, I, I mean, having considering that the London sevens only just happened, um, there's a lot of sort of space in between, if you see what I mean. I, I realize it's not like you can just pick whatever weekend you want, but, um, there is a bit of juggling that could possibly be done um, that would potentially make it not in February, but m- maybe that's just out of out of the question. I don't know. But, um, but could you could you really see Australia or New Zealand, for that matter, Matt, pl- plonking a sevens weekend in the middle of Super Rugby? I, I, I think it'd be mm-hmm. like like shooting yourself yourself in the foot. No, that's a good point. But uh, but uh, yeah, I guess that leaves. But you know, geez, it's hot. <laughs> um, uh, or it has been the last couple of years uh, So yeah, that's my straw man argument But uh, yeah, for, look, long weekend, great I mean, it'll probably cool down Like in January, we can have like, you know, 20-something degree days So I think we've probably just been unlucky, so to speak Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah To pick up they those just, things they, they just put a drinks break after three and a half minutes <laughs> <laughs> Turn it into cool, e- exactly Easy, yeah. easy Yeah, um, Rich. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, let's uh, before we get on to our last question, uh, let's do a couple of reviews. Any podcast reviews there, Matt? Well, look, yeah. Last time we looked at the reviews, I was I was whinging and moaning that we don't get any, um, we don't get many. But we've had a couple come in. Um, actually, it's been a little while since we checked. Uh, one from April the twenty sixth from F Dog. Um, he said, I, I would have rated this 4.5 stars, but iTunes won't let me, so I rounded up. Thanks, F-Dog. It's generous, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, like the topics and the guests. Half a star down for the Queenslander, who has a belt, who has a belt tuck every time he mentions Quade Cooper. Uh, and the other What do dude, I have every time I mention Quade Cooper? <laughs> and the other dude on the show who sounds like Michael Clark. Who's that? Is that, is that, is that, is that, is that you? Um, like his comments, but please stop sounding like Mark, Michael Clark. <laughs> Even if it means Just, drinking an entire bottle of Stones original before the episode. Other than that, the show's really good. <laughs> does, Hugh, does Hugh speak about himself in the third, third person a lot? <laughs> <laughs> he thinks about, but even worse, he refers to himself as Michael Clark too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excellent. Have you, Matt, have you just, have you just unraveled Apple and iTunes whole rating system there? That you can't mark four and a half, so therefore everything gets rounded up. Well, that's the only reason why we got fives, mate. They, they must be rounding <laughs> up from one. Well, we I mean, are you are you onto something here? Is 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 Apple just a chronic rounder upper? Yeah, all those half stars gone. That's what I want to know. Yeah, uh, there you go. But um, it's yeah, it's like that Superman movie where they got the half cents. Um, look, uh, and this one is uh, entitled. <laughs> Richard Fry, nice throwback. Good work. Yeah, good work. A heretic in the AFL Vatican um, by Reds fan behind the lines. This one's from uh, just recently, May the 21st. Um, this one? Yeah, so um, great banter analysis and conspiracy theorizing topped up with consistent moments of unintentional comedy as Reg puts <laughs> the cliche. Matt becomes unbalanced discussing the All Blacks, and Hugh tries to suppress a complete one-eyedness. Re the Tars. <laughs> what about my one-eyedness? Oh, that's uh, fantastic! Only complaint is uh, Matt's ability not to speak into his mic 
at some point. <laughs> ah, very good. Um, oh, my word. Oh, you going all Chevy Chase on us. Yeah, for our lonely Queensland Red fans in Melbourne, this podcast is a welcome shot of familiar while living in a city drenched in the sport um, of which we do not speak. That's right, Red fans, NAFL, that's what we all say. NAFL. Yep. Yeah. Um, so anyway, thanks for those guys. As you, that's the highlight of the show. So um, yeah, get get yours in if you haven't already, and feel free to give us four and a half stars. Can, I, can I just say that as, as as an occasional podcaster myself, unintentional hit comedy is the best kind of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's all we've got, and, right? and it's our only kind of comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have to we have to script our unintentional comedy sometimes. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Um, look. We better get to our last burning question, and uh, we'll be going through the Wallaby team, as we've said. And the question today becomes uh, the front row, the, where the you know the, the brains of the organisation live. So, who wears the one and three jersey, Matt? I'm going to start with you, mate. What's uh, what's Holy your thoughts? Hell. Um, so, look, we've got to have um, caps in there, I think, have we? Uh, caps in there, but continue. Oh, of course we do. I've got to do my one eye uh, tar. <laughs> oh, look, I. I, I if you I, say I, Paddy Ryan, I'm walking out. <laughs> <laughs> and and Damien Fitzpatrick. Uh, <laughs> look, um, so I, I, I'm, I struggle a little bit in that I don't think there's a lot of people who have absolutely nailed it um, this season from scrum performances all around. Um, maybe you guys will disagree, but um, in the in the rugby that I've seen, I'm not sort of walking away going, oh, he absolute monster, um, other than Angus Tarvau. Obviously, <laughs> um, uh, so look in, in what I've been seeing. I, you know, because also with a bit of incumbency um, in there, yeah. I would think um, we'd be looking at Kapu um, uh, in there on uh, you know on the tight head side. I'm assuming um, Scott Co. From what I saw, I haven't seen a lot of him, but the last time I saw him play, he was looking That's pretty. Mainly good. because he hasn't been on the field a lot, to be honest, mm. Matt. Yeah. He's he's had a bit of a run of injury, unfortunately. All right. Well, he doesn't play for the Tars, so I don't see him a lot. That's the, that's the... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but look, actually, the thing I'd go back. So while I kind of while I'm skating through the obvious incumbent choices, I mean, I'm thinking through the, the scrums that have done okay, and actually, um, they're they're often on again. But the red scrum have had a few highlights in there, Rich, haven't they? I mean, who yeah, they have. They're not there? bad, but they they have had a few capitulations as well. I, I don't think there's anyone there who's going to push. I'm a big fan of Sam Talakai, and I think he's had a his best season for a few seasons now, but I don't think he's quite Wallaby level at tight head. And Seth Fahangaze, he's a you know a good young prop. Who I think Jacob brought into his Wallaby squad camp earlier this year. Um, but look, I think I'd be looking down your way, Brett. I think Alan um, Alan yeah. Power deserves that's, a start. That's, that's where I was going to go. I, I, I think. Um, sorry, keep going, mate. Sorry. Yeah, he'd be my number three. Um, you know, Co is the one if he's fit, but if not. Um, you know, I'm not convinced about Tom Robinson, but, you know, Toby Smith getting back in form. But, mate, I, I, it shake me from saying the wrong thing, but Ben Alexander's form has been pretty damn good this year. <laughs> now, so this is this is funny. I'm, I'm really, really surprised you've met. I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm sort of half glad you've mentioned it. I really wondered what, what Checker was doing last year when suddenly Alan Alatoa and Tom Robinson switched sides. And yeah. suddenly Alan Alatoa, having played loose head, all his life, as far as we knew, was playing tight head, and, and, and likewise, Tom Robinson suddenly packing down loose head. Al Alatoa has been an absolute standout for the Brumbies this year. He's been one of their best forwards every week, without any shadow of a doubt. And that, in turn, has forced Ben Alexander to go back to loose head, which, in turn, has sort of bought out his inner fly half again. <laughs> and he's, he's playing some really good, good footy. Now, He'll be the first person to tell you that his um, his Wallaby days are, just, are pretty well behind him, but he'd never say never, obviously. So mm. I, I think it's Ella Alatoa at three. I actually think Tom Robinson, since switching to loose head for the Waratahs, has actually been pretty good. So, mm. you know, it might be Robinson and Ella Alatoa with Kepu and, um, oh, gee, I don't know, Toby Smith, Toby maybe. Smith, yeah. Yeah, as, as the other loose head. It's not a bad impact from the bench. No, no, and and against um, against New Zealand, for example, you might start Kepu and, yeah. and bring bring Al- Alatoa on in the last you know thirty minutes for impact. But a not a bad three test series in June for Al- Alatoa to get his um, you know, yeah, yeah, 
Yes, particularly, it's particularly if you want to get sort of be a, it'd be a decent um, Scotland back too. Team and Italy normally can scrummage okay, so yeah, not a bad combination there. I think you're right. I think Checker does back the incumbents too, doesn't he? In terms of Tom Robinson there, and he'll back himself to be able to sort of lead him on to um, deliver to him where he needs to be for this Wallaby series. So yeah, that's an interesting one. The the scary the scary thing is probably to try and come up with the third string in each position because I don't think I could right at this point in time. Um, no, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, there's consistency. I mean, that, there's some key injuries. You know, you take James Slipper out, yeah. you take Scott Sierra out, um, and yeah, even um, you know Benny Daly was doing over well, well at the yeah. force. But, Peck Cowan's um, been in, in and out. Um, Jermaine Ainsley was yeah. a young prop. They have you know good yeah. good wraps on, but um, yeah, no, there's there's been injury concerns as much as Tet- anything. Tet- Tetra Faulkner's been going all right. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, been okay. Head. Yeah, yep. But we're scratching. We're starting to scrape. Yeah, we the are. Now. We are. You know, whereas you know, you'd weep to see what the All Blacks would throw up there if they had to put a, a third team together. Um, lads, that, that's going to wrap us up for the night. Brett, thanks a lot for joining us once again. No, thank you for having me, guys. We we, we do make the joke about it being an annual, annual appearance, but I'm glad it's not quite that that long now. So uh, look forward to the next time. No, no, our pleasure. And we'll uh, we'll mark it in. The NRC will be here before we know it, mate. We'll, uh... <laughs> well, it's funny you joke about that, Rich. <laughs> August isn't that far away. No, I know exactly right. Um, but for those that know, you can follow Brett on Twitter at, at BMC Sport. Um, always worth a follow. Uh, very insightful and, and write some very, uh, very uh, insightful articles, should I say. So, and to Matt too, mate. Thanks for joining us again. Good to have you back. Up for a couple of weeks off. Yeah, no, it was good to. Pay. I, I do feel freshened up there, um, Reg. I must say the the double bye week. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of needed. I've got to admit, and to get back to my sort of hometown of, of Perth there. Um, <laughs> back to that, the fans. Yeah, that's, uh, that's got put a spring back in misstep. Good stuff, mate. And to all our listeners, once again, uh, we uh, love the fact that you join in and listen to us. Leave us messages on Facebook or Twitter or on the blog post itself. And, of course, leave those iTunes reviews. Get out there and watch your rugby, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Oh.